morning, good morning. It's wonderful to be with you. Uh, join me in in uh, reciting the other's prayer. This is a new tradition for us in 20, 2024 as we enter our message time here at Elevating Life Church. It's up on the screen. Here we go. Lord, prepare me day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray that my prayer shall be for others. Others, let this my motto be. Let me live for others that I may be more like thee. Amen and amen. You may have a seat. Carrie, where's Carrie at? Carrie just fell on me a little bit. I'll put that on you, Carrie. I kind of stumbled there. We're on the same team, though, so we got a good connection. All right, hey, we're going to jump right into our message today. So please open your Bible to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, to continue our series for the year 2024, Good Identity, Good Activity, heavenly results. This is the theme for Elevating Life Church for 2024. How true that is when you have a good identity, you have good activity happening, you have great results or what we call heavenly uh, results. So uh, with that, uh, the message this week is simply titled, Just Believe Peace. Just Believe Peace. Today I want to uh, discuss the name of God, and, and, and many of you will be familiar with this name, but uh, in the sense of how we pronounce it in Hebrew and English anyway, it is Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom is that good identity that connects with our year's theme. Uh, and, and another thing I want to talk to you about is how to ensure that you are fulfilling your true calling as a child of God. So I want to talk about those two things today. And let me say this, we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, and uh, we're going to learn some things. Uh, and thank you, Carrie and John, for just, just setting this all up. So uh, I have the privilege to deliver uh, the spiritual meal uh, this morning before we get to the Italian feast that I see back there. And my goodness, and I smell it. And uh, you know how difficult that is to stay concentrated, right? So we'll we'll give it our best shot. And so uh, but I want to talk to you about those two things, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. But you're going to learn something as well. Now, if we live out God's calling for our life, then the fruit of the Spirit, peace, will develop in our lives together. Yes, we have to do it individually, but it will develop together. And this peace will enable, and let me say this, empower us, to serve each other or others well, as we just prayed about. And we will be grateful for it, uh, for the opportunity of doing so. So with that, let's read together where Jesus talks about a significant beatitude. And we're going to kind of talk about the beatitudes today. That is related to the, to the title known as Jehovah Shalom. Or we can say it this way, the Lord is peace. That's what Jehovah Shalom uh, means. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. That's going to be our core verse. We're going to stick with our core verse just because of time. Uh, But again, as you well know, I uh, enjoy um, and making sure that we understand this, that that we, we are in context or there's a setting around this particular verse. And it's the Sermon on 
the mountain. And that should perk you up and wake you up because this is where the rubber meets the road in the sense of being a child of God. You have to understand the Beatitudes. It's the base. It's who we are. It's what feeds our soul. And that's why Jesus taught it right up front. And we don't have time to go over. Depends on your tradition. The eight Beatitudes, some say nine Beatitudes, or the ten Beatitudes. That's another discussion for another day. But we're, we got to know where we're at. We're in the setting, the Sermon on the Mountain. Jesus is speaking. And he says this, and it's so powerful. Blessed are the, what's the next word? Peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called, there's the calling, what? Children of God. As you know, I can't just stop here, Scott. Let me explain something here, because when you read, let's say, the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew chapter 5, it's very easy to fall into our own tradition. But don't forget, uh, this was written centuries ago, of course, by Matthew. And so we've got to know some things. And let me just give you um, a little nugget here. So when you go home and you read the Sermon on the Mount, you read the Bible, that you'll understand this. Blessed are the peacemakers. Is that the reward or is that the perspective of God? Trick question. Well, most Christians who say, well, this is what it means to me. Be very careful with that. Blessed are the peacemakers is the result or the reward, right? Blessed. This is a terrible word to use. Can I say that in English? Especially where we're at today because there's too many religious words. Blessed, whole, and nothing wrong with that in church. But when you want to go out to your work, and you know what I'm talking about, you start using these religious words, what happens is you're shut off. Boom. We want nothing to do with it. So the way this actually should be interpreted in a non-religious sense, nothing wrong with that, don't get me wrong, but it, it reads this way. Blessed, excuse me, I just, I just did it. <laughs> the goodness of life is how this should read. The goodness of law, the goodness, carry. The goodness of life, I'm a good Baptist, I'll just blame Carrie. Uh, the goodness of life belongs to the peacemaker. You see how that's different? That's the perspective of God. Better yet, it's the vision of God. Go to Proverbs, and you better have the vision of God, because where there is a vision of God, we flourish. But where there is no vision of God, perspective properly done, what? People, we see people perishing all the time, specifically in the that's because we're misinterpreting and we're misunderstanding and we're presuming some things. And things like the word blessed becomes too familiar and we miss it all together. As Paul said, we miss the mark. So the good life, please read it this way now. All of the Beatitudes you can read this way. The good life belongs to the peacemakers. Now, here's the result, the reward, the benefit. For they will be, what's the next word? called children of God. Peacemakers will be called children of God. That's Matthew 5, 9. Very important. We're going to be looking at this verse in depth today. So Matthew 5, 9 is our core verse this morning uh, with our message. Again, just believe peace. 
Throughout my, it's been nearly a decade now I've been your pastor, but throughout my time at Elevating Life Church, I have shared multiple stories. Hey, if you want to learn about the Bible, go to Wednesday night with uh, John. If you want to learn how to tell a story, come see me, okay? I've shared multiple stories about uh, my family, mainly about my mother, my triplet sisters, and, and, uh, and my grandparents. You've heard a little bit about them. However, just recently, I realized that I hadn't talked uh, much about my dad or my father. And no, it's not because I've got some issue and I've got to go see a psychologist because I've got some Freudian issue going on. No. Okay? It's because, you know, just haven't got around to it and here I am. Don't have any issue. It's, 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 uh, we, in fact, we have a, a great relationship, uh, even to this day. Now, just to kind of show, share my, uh, relationship with him, when I was younger, we used to surf together. It's kind of cool to surf with your dad, right? Uh, pet the dolphins together, if you will. Uh, hang out at uh, his work. And this is really cool. He was a founder and publisher of Breakout Magazine. Here's his magazine from uh, the 80s. Back, uh, back in this one, what issue is this? 80, 84. So that's been a couple of days ago. Uh, but this was, so he, he had a cool office where he published. He had a team of people. And it was fun to go hang out with them. And then we'd sneak across the street. There's a little liquor store there um, with, uh, with cool um, Atari games. Remember those? You put a quarter in. Centipede. Oh, that was the best. Uh, there was other ones. Asteroids. Remember that one? Uh, so we'd go and, and just hang. That was just our relationship. And it, it was really cool. We had more of a, let me say, a friendship relationship than a uh, traditional uh, father and son relationship. Um, he was not a dis disciplinarian, uh, which came later when I joined the military. Yeah, but his parenting style, let me say this, paid huge dividends when it came to freedom, understanding what freedom is all about, understanding what um, spontaneity is, and understanding some of those other traits that, that, that we see uh, with Christ, but also God. And so uh, they paid huge dividends in how I now navigate my life. Now, let me say this. My dad is a quiet person. There's a picture. I think he's online, too. Sorry, Dad, I had to throw this up there. But he's the silver fox. Look at him, right? Come on, ladies. Right? Come on. It's okay. We're in church. My dad's just blushing. I, want my, I know my dad's watching. Everybody, come on, girls. Let's, let's hear it, right? Wow, man. For 102, he looks good. No, he's not that old. <laughs> so, uh, but let me say this. My dad is quiet. You just had a conversation with my dad. That's how quiet he is. He's an introvert to the extreme, but very creative. He's, he's an artist. Uh, he does many things. Uh, right now, he's, he's just uh, engulfing his, himself into uh, painting. He's a painter, uh, to be precise, uh, where he's at today. And he has always uh, painted eccentric, psychedelic, can I put it that way, and colorful painting. Growing up, uh, in, when I lived with him in my adolescent years, we had artwork uh, all over the home. There, it was just all over the place. Still is when you go to his home. And I always dreamed of having one of his paintings in, in my own home when I was younger and wanted that. I just thought it was cool. But then again, you know, life happens, and I grew older. I had my own new my family, and so I just kind of just forgot about it. However, nearly 
40 years later, on my 57th birthday, let that sink in because I know some of you think I'm 42. <laughs> you laughed a little too hard, brother. <laughs> 57th birthday. Now, my dad gave me one of his prized paintings uh, from his new series that he's, he's doing right now. And I was flabbergasted, of course, to receive it. And I absolutely love it. The whole picture kind of reflects my, my dad and his passion for life and peace and some other things uh, that my dad's all about. So I brought, a, one, I brought the picture in so you can see it, so we can share it. Uh, and uh, so let me show it to you. Because it's quite interesting. You guys ready for this? We're gonna let me let me bring this up. Ready? <laughs> and as I said, eccentric, colorful, uh, and there it is. We had to put it up uh, uh, on the screen for you back row uh, Baptist back there. Uh, so here it is, and let me navigate it a little bit. You can see it up there. Now, as you can see, the central uh, piece of this painting is peace. You see that peace sign? There's a, there, there's symbolism behind that, but but we won't go there today. But you also see the dove with the olive branch, right? Peace. Peace. And then of course you see two uh, young ladies, 42, 57, walking into, uh, into the, to the picture itself. And of course you see uh, our last name there, Hunter. Uh, and uh, we like seeing our names on, on books and, and paintings. Uh, and so, but check this out. Now, here's, here's my dad. I'm, Look, you guys see the strawberries? Now, okay, as you're interpreting this painting, what are some of your interpretations? It doesn't matter what it is. What do, what do you see here with the strawberry? Sweetness. Beetles, right? Strawberry fields forever. And that's my dad's generation, so I thought the same thing. Any, any, other, any other thoughts? Right? No way. I'm, we're not interpreting anything with you in here, Drake. I'm going to share, here's my, the personality of my dad. So uh, last October when I was visiting his home, uh, you know me, I love stories, so I'm, I'm grabbing onto it and I'm seeing this and I'm like, Dad, come on, you got to tell me. I wasn't that dramatic because it is my dad, but just for the sake of having fun, Dad, what is the significance of the strawberries? I want to know. Something to do with the seeds and, and the leaves or what? Is, is it because of your generation, or what? I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, yes, I'm going to write this down. I'm going to put it in my book. I'm going to preach it. You know what he said? Strawberries are easy to draw. Ta-da! Welcome to my dad's reality. <laughs> I said, there you go. So I share. <laughs> now my point. My point in uh, share. I told you we are going to have fun. Uh, my point in sharing my dad's story and showing uh, the picture is to bring us, this picture reminds me of peace, of course, but it reminds me of Jesus' peace in my setting, in my world, uh, the Prince of Peace. Uh, and it brings us right back to Jesus' famous words, Matthew 5, 9, again, to make sure that's still in our mind, is blessed are the, what's the next word? Peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So listen. Look at that a little deeper. Now, as most know, I get the strawberries out of my mouth. As most know, 
the Hebrew word or term for peace is shalom. Last year we went to Israel, Justin and I. We told the underwear story again the other night. He likes to embarrass me in Israel. Another story. But everywhere we went, they greeted us with shalom. It means peace. Peace be with you. Um, so with, with this message today, understand this. There is more than one title or name for God that represents peace or shalom. For example, Yahweh Shalom. And, and that's the Lord is peace. See this a title by Gideon, if you read the uh, Judges books. Uh, we see this title uh, being used by Gideon in the book of Judges. An alternative to this name is the one we've, we've been talking about today, Jehovah Shalom, which shows reverence, awe, and respect for God's proper name, which is Yahweh. And we, there's, there's a lot to that. But another name that I must bring into the conversation today is Terry. Uh, can't even say it in Hebrew without stuttering. Sar, shalom. I can like I'm sorry. I just spar shalom. Okay, uh, and no, that wasn't planned, but that was pretty good. Um, and so that again brings us right back. Uh, by the way, uh, shar shalom means Prince of Peace. Hello, Jesus. Hello, Messiah. Right. So we're right back where we started at Matthew five nineteen again. We're right back where we started from because blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called children of God. Now, before jumping into our verse today, guess what? I have a question for you. Ooh. And let me say this, and let me ask it this way. Bring in a little bit of seriousness here. Question. Now, I can understand that conflict, chaos, Difficulties and, and pain, just as we're going through, Sherry and I, with everything that's going on with uh, all, everything. Uh, I understand that these difficulties can be challenging to deal with. Believe me, we're living. But may I ask this question this way today? Do you feel or think your approach towards these challenges, chaos and all that, different pain and whatever that might be, these challenges in life? Do you, is your approach helpful, or does it hinder the growth of, of a good life, God's kingdom? Let me ask that again, because you, you've got to think that for yourself. Don't think of other people. This, this message is for you. Do you feel and think your approach towards challenges in life helps or hinders the growth of God's kingdom, where peace is the ultimate goal, inwardly and outwardly. It's, it's a very good, serious question. Now, our goal as children of God is inner peace. You have to figure out. You can't do that, that your way. But our goal is inner peace and outward harmonies. Others, Lord, just others. To create a world God intended in the first place. And that 
is to happen in the here and now. Not tomorrow or the hereafter. Are you with me? Too many people are going, just take me away. No. Now the sad part or problem with this type of question that I just asked is most Christians are going to answer it based on their definition of how peace should be had rather than really leaning into Jesus's or God's definition of what it is and how it should be used to hit God's target of peace and harmony. It is sad because there's too many Christians, too many people trying to figure out their way. It's not working. Because you can see their soul. There is no fulfillment. There's no joy. Too much sorrow going on. Yes, we have to deal with those emotions, and we have to go through that. But there's too many Christians that are not fulfilled. All they're doing is chasing happiness. And nothing wrong with happiness, but that comes and goes. We know that. And or are successful, first and foremost, in the Lord, or in life overall, a good life. It is, it, we're missing the mark, or we're not hitting that goal, because we're asleep. As I shared last week, we're in error, or we're just dismissing in our life. So with that, let me explain the meaning of peacemaking, or being a peacemaker as a child of God. Here's what I mean. And better yet, what Jesus meant by being a peacemaker. If you're ready for this on three, say you're ready. One, two, three. This is important. Here it is. A peacemaker is someone who, with all of their heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Yes, soul and spirit are two different things. Seeks the right relationships with their neighbors other people, including their enemies. These are the ones Jesus said are blessed, or the good life belongs to these people, for they are the children of God. Because the crowd that Jesus had, they had their definition of what peacemaking, and every one of them, in the sense of society and everything that that includes, they were wrong. That's why they're there with Jesus. He's going to teach them what it is. And I just gave you that definition. It, it's that straightforward or that simple. So in other words, let me put it this way. A peacemaker is defined as someone who actively, hear that, seeks to reconcile people to God and one another. And that term peacemaker is, is a compound word, as we know. Peace, that's passive. Be careful with that. Maker, activity. This passive-aggressive ministry or just passiveness in how you're creating life doesn't work. We've got to get involved with God's reality or work. Stop just sitting around. We have to do something. If we expect to turn the chaos of this world, your world, or anybody else, into God's work. So that compound word brings that together. And again, according to, to Jesus, as shown in our core verse, these are the people who are blessed and called children of God. Now let me ask you this. Can you call yourself a child of God? 
Let that sink in. As you're thinking about that, let me give you some personal traits of a true peace. Then you can answer it after. A peacemaker is someone who actively seeks, as I already said, actively seeks to reconcile people to God and one another. Here's another trait of a peacemaker. A peacemaker is someone who initiates reconciliation when others have wronged them. Too many Christians are stonewallers or eye-for-an-eye mentality. No way. Unless they come to me. That's not what you So a peacemaker is somebody who initiates reconciliation when others have wronged them. Another trait. A peacemaker is someone who is committed to moving towards chaos, as these ladies are doing. Picture there. (laughs) Towards chaos and conflict rather than, again, avoiding. Just give me my comfort. That's what they're chasing. Just give me my peace, how they define it. Just leave us alone. Jesus is right. No. We are establishing God's kingdom in a time where everything has collapsed and is fallen. Here's another characteristic. Create, I think I said it, but let me say it again. A peacemaker is someone who is not passive, but active in demand, stepping into the chaos or conflict when necessary. 2 Corinthians 13.11 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice in this. Give thanks in all circumstances, situations, and people. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. There's the grace of God. Be of one mind. And that's the mind of Christ. With the heart of the Father. Love. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will what? Love and peace, which here is verse. In God's perspective, God's vision, a peacemaker actively seeks to reconcile people to God and, and to, to one another, as I shared, initiate reconciliation, and is committed to moving towards conflict when necessary. The Bible and Jesus emphasizes the importance of peacemaking and and being at peace with one another. That is the way you can answer that question properly. Now the problem with many people is they will not accept or define peacemaking Jesus' Most will continue to avoid the chaos dragon because it's easier to run than resolve the challenges at hand, whatever that might be. Circumstance, situation, Others like defiant teenagers, and I had to throw those two words in my notes there because that's from Nancy, who is my, my dad's wife, and she had to deal with this defiant teenager. So as you're watching, Nancy, you're welcome. Hi. Sorry about that. But hey, reconciliation. 
Others, like, again, defiant teenagers, will be defensive in their definition and want, uh, and want to go to war because they believe a little upfront war is justified for long-time peace. January 6th should come to mind, 2022. No. I have no problem saying that on Jesus never taught that's how peace is to be redeemed by fundamentalists or zealots, if you want to call them. Uh, that are friends of ours. But no. You're wrong. Jesus never taught. What about those who believe, you know, very passive, very kind, John, you like it. But what about those who believe like Barney? You know, remember the purple dinosaur? You guys remember? Raise your hand if you remember that annoying dinosaur. And we all just, I can't do that, Barney, get along in our little fellowship and create a little utopia uh, in our minds, in our imagination, and hide from it all. I love you. You love me. Come on. Where are Won't you? Uh, <laughs> I know my heart about Barney. When it comes to peacemaking, it's never Barney and friends. It's always Jesus and friends. Come on. That blast took it out of me. When it, become, when it comes to peacemaking, again, it's Jesus' way. Now, here's another issue. And please hear this one. We're having fun with that. I really don't hear <laughs> i got to pause for a second. I, going back to Barney's, when was that? Early 90s? Late 80s? I hated Barney. My father-in-law is not here today. But he knew how much I hated Barney. So what does he do? I'm a, I'm a beach bum by heart. He buys me a big beach towel with Barney coming after a, a hug for me. Right? Thank you, Rich. Uh, he's not here today, but you guys know Rich. And so, so well, we'll talk about your dad too a little bit today. But here's, here's another issue. Too many people are just attempting to keep the peace. <laughs> and this is fear, actually. I'm not going out there. I'm too scared. Too many people are just trying to attempt to keep the peace. This is never the solution. Why? Well, after, in, after the fall, as we read in Scripture, this, this chaotic mess we created as, as people, under the fall, we, we, we fell away from God. That's the problem. We want to do it our way, not God's way, and so we're in a chaotic mess. But under the fall, right now where we live until that second coming, that completeness that we're uh, hoping for, we're not going to just wait for it. We're going to create God's kingdom right now. Goodness, as we're here, um, there will always be a lack of peace. Don't you think for a second that uh, anything is figuring it out? Only Jesus' way is going to figure it out. And you can have your opinion on that, do whatever you want, but it's true. Look at the results, they speak for themselves. And so we're in the fall, so it is our responsibility to get into God's kingdom now 
and turn that chaos of those difficult times, the pain, into something beautiful. Whatever that is on either side. Something beautiful, just as we see my dad did with his skills and his talents and his passion. Again, that question is uh, going way back to the first question. Do you feel and think your approach to, to these challenges in life, is it, are, are you helping life beat yourself and with others, or is it hindering? And now, I, I answer that for you, but come and talk to me, and I'll be brutally honest with you to let you know what that looks like on the other side of you, one way or the other. So we have to keep that in our mind because our calling is to be peacemaker. Now you know how to answer the question. Not Barney about it, but Jesus. Back to my father. Here's another fact that you didn't know about my dad. dad. He is the one who named me Drake Hunter. Come on, this is a cool name. Thank you, Dad. No middle name. It's Drake Hunter. Hey, that's cool. So cool. It sounds like a movie. I think it should be on video. My name. Not my Sounds like a great name for a book. Just saying if you know what I do. It, it is a cool name. Uh, now, you might be saying at this point, so what? What's that got to do with being a peacemaker, Pastor Drake Hunter? Well, everything regarding my life and responsibility to be a peacemaker. Little did my dad know in his strawberry field condition. Little did my dad know that when he named me, Delilah, you're the only one really laughing at that one back there. <laughs> but little did my dad know when he named me, he was aligning, let's say, the stars for me where my name became actually the reality of who I am today in Jesus Christ. What do I mean? The name Drake, in, in English, of course, the, is of English, I, should, I guess I should say, English origin and has multiple me, meaning. In Today's modern English, it means male duck. <laughs> Ironic because I'm a duck hunter with cherries down. Not bad, but cherries. However, because I'm more of a classic guy uh, than a contemporary one, let's say, I prefer the old English meaning, which means dragon, monster, or serpent. Really does. Draco or Draco, if you know that. Now, this is ironic because if you knew me before I became a peacemaker, let's say a child of God, I was a chaos dragon, a messy monster, and a sly serpent. My wife said, and I, can, I can count on it. We didn't even practice that. Of a person, and my and my and Nancy out there is like, Amen. <laughs> oh, that's why. Maybe that's why I haven't really said too much. Because I want you to. They live way too close, and they can give way too many stories. <laughs> I like to exaggerate my stories, so <laughs> they'll, they'll just verify. You know, exaggerate like you got to pluck your eyes out, stuff like that. 
Easy. But rather than living a good, blessed life, that was exactly what my first name meant. I was a dragon, I was a monster, and, and, and I was... Then came along Jesus, the ultimate dragon tamer, monster slayer, and snake destroyer. It's crazy. Uh, if you read the Bible, these three mythical creatures that so many Christians criticize, well, that's, we don't use mythical creatures. You might want to read your Bible. Who's with me? Those dragon bones. Stop it. Not making our life easy. All right, let me say this. Read Revelation. Oh, there's the dragon. Read Genesis and Job. Yeah, it's Steve, right? Sea monsters. Right? The last one, uh, you know, just read, uh, just read the Bible and throughout the entire Bible beginning to end. The snake or serpent slithers all the way through. I love asking, I read the Bible. Where are you born? You haven't read your Bible. You're lying to me. Come on. Fascinating. Little did my dad know now. Uh, he was foretelling. My dad's a prophet. Uh, but my life, uh, one way or another. It wasn't until I became a child of God, a Christian, who has no issue saying that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I hope you can say that publicly. I have no problem saying that. You need an example. You need somebody to heal all of this. It wasn't until I became a Christian that my last name really meant anything in where I'm at today. Hunter, which speaks for itself. Drake. Hunter, that's who I am through Jesus today. The chaos, dragon, hunter. Bring it on. With me? A peacemaker who is committed to moving toward chaos and conflict rather than avoiding it to be blessed and to fulfill my true calling. And it's the same calling for anybody who calls themselves Christ. So I move towards chaos and conflict rather than avoiding it to be blessed and to fulfill my true calling in life, to be a peacemaker where I get to turn chaos into order and peace where everyone benefits in God's kingdom now and always. So let me finish by saying, child of God. I want the true child of God. If you're just taking advantage of a Christian value system, go to faith. Child of God. In our peacemaking responsibility and journey of faith, we are called to embrace God's peace, Jehovah Shalom, with the spiritual discipline that we're learning, prayer and submission and everything that is. And we are to submit to those, to, to the one and only dragon slayer, Jesus, which requires every one of us to yield to God's will, not our will, and turn. Uh, disorder into order. Turn those difficulties, the chaos, the pain, everything that is into uh, the order that we know if we properly follow Jesus and we put those into practice, we then ourselves become uh, a, dragging, a, a dragon slayer, if you will. Uh, we get to 
clean up all the messy monsters that are in our reality. And the serpent, uh, if you know your scripture, all you got to do is step on it. That's it. I think we make too much out of that too because uh, the, the, the dragons and the monsters there. But when we see it in Jesus, so we must commit and submit to God's will if we expect to reap the rewards of His kingdom now and always to truly experience inner peace and outer harmony to serve God and others. Well, others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Let me live for others that I may be more like thee. Church, the message, just believe. Amen?